thank you for tuning in to Taz Encounters on Faith FM coming to you from live from Hobart, Tasmania on 87.6, 87.8 and 88.0 and today we have Rako Chelit joining us. Um, how are you Rako? Good, thank you. How are you doing Tabitha? I'm alright. Um, we also have Jason in the studio. How are you Jason? I'm doing very well, thank you. Uh, okay Rako, um, what do you like most about living in the northwest coast of Tasmania? Uh, there's a few things, but there's one thing that comes to my mind. Uh, in the beginning when I came here to Tasmania, I was doing some chaplaincy at the Northwest Christian School. Um, that's where David Leo's doing some work now. And uh, I remember we would have times where we would, um, I would hang out with the young people and we would do outdoor recreation. And I enjoyed really kayaking there with some of the rivers. Um, I think it was the... Is it the River Leven or Leven? Leven <laughs> River. The, the, I, I the, grew the up in that area river. for a while, so Leven River. Yep. <laughs> there you go. Thanks for correcting me. Um, and I remember one time in winter we did go out, and uh, I was with a kid that he doesn't have as much weight as I do, and I, and I fell into the water, and I'll never forget that. Oh, the, 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 the heart rate just went boom, 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 you know, <laughs> because of that cold water. Yeah. And, and, and I never forgot that experience. But I, I remember kayaking there and I said to myself, is this what I'm getting paid for? Hanging out with these kids? This is so awesome and very mm. cool. Yeah. Oh, that sounds interesting. Um, I just want to remind our listeners that our um, number, studio number is 488 Feel free to text in wherever um, you can send questions, comments or feedback um, and we'll be able to get back to you. Now we've got uh, something special today and uh, Raiko, you're going to be part of this program called Prophetica that's coming up. Tell us what is Prophetica? Uh, Prophetica is a program, it's a seminar program where it will uh, have a few presentations on the Bible and talk about things like prophecy and also what are some signs that are going to happen before Jesus Christ comes back again. We'll also talk about uh, an economic meltdown, what does the Bible talk about that and, and, and things related to health as well. Awesome. And Those are some of the topics, I should say, too, yeah. Yeah. And uh, where is it happening? I think it's happening in multiple places across the state. It is. Uh, I know there's places in um, taking place in Scottsdale and uh, also Launceston, in Hobart. But uh, I'm in the northwest, so it's going to be taking place in Alberston at the Alberston Civic Center uh, in the Gawler Room, and it's going to be taking place on August the 1st. Awesome. And when is it? Well, tell us first of all when it's happening in Alveston, and then we'll just give uh, some of the other dates for uh, the other places. Uh, it's taking place on a Sunday, uh, August 1, and the time is from 4.30 p.m. in the afternoon, and it will finish by about 9 p.m., hopefully. Uh, there is a bit of food going to be served uh, somewhere in between that. And, of course, our listeners could come and meet you as well because you'll be presenting uh, some of the topics there. Yes, I'll be presenting, but also we'll have uh, Gary Webster and Peter Watts. Yeah, awesome. Um, and I'll just uh, remind our listeners too that you can go to prophetica.com, which gives you all the dates and, and the whereabouts as, as to this program. Um, but I guess the question to ask is, why should I come? If I'm listening to this program right now, why should I come to this Prophetica uh, presentation? 
people, there are people out there who are questioning things that are happening even at the moment in this world with COVID, with, uh, with all these things that are happening. And uh, I believe the Bible gives us answers. It tells us uh, where did we come from, why are we here, where are we going. And uh, some of this will be answered through, through these um, presentations and seminar. Awesome. Okay, well, um, we're going to give away some free tickets to this Prophetica. You can go and get more information at prophetica.com and watch a trailer about that. But uh, we're going to give away free tickets to this um, presentation, and uh, we'll give you the code for that a bit later in the program. So listen on. Uh, But now we'll hand back to Tabitha and Raiko. Well, Rako, um, before we get into today's program, uh, would you just like to remind us what we covered last week? Uh, Last week we looked at Matthew chapter 23 verses 1 to 12 and we looked at characteristics of false leaders where Jesus Christ, he condemned the Pharisees uh, publicly. And right there in the temple in Jerusalem, this was on a Tuesday, just a few days before he's going to be crucified on the cross. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was four characteristics he mentioned about the scribes and Pharisees. Uh, number one, mm-hmm. they do not practice what they preach or teach. Number mm-hmm. two, they would place heavy burdens on people where they would have all these different laws that were man-made and it was tradition Mm -hmm. number three they're all show and no go it's all about the external but Mm -hmm. uh, what's more important what's actually uh, internally intrinsic Mm -hmm. Uh, and number four they would demand positions of prominence they love to be called rabbi Mm -hmm. and so these were some of the characteristics of of the um, of the scribes and pharisees they have Mm. and i believe that's why they had issues with Jesus because Jesus was getting all those um, titles like rabbi and they were wondering why this was happening because Jesus was getting so many followers and a lot of recognition right and and, and when you look at these characteristics of the scribes and Pharisees Jesus was like the opposite you mm. know? He he was humble and he was a servant very different yeah yeah that's right um, and so what are we going to cover today Today we're going to be covering and looking at uh, woes to the religious leaders. It's mm-hmm. part one. Um, this section of scripture is found in Matthew 23 from verses uh, 13 to 36, but we're not going to cover all of that. So this is part one. Okay. Um, we don't have enough time. Yeah. And Jesus is really, he's going to turn on the screws. He is really going to get, he's going to publicly, oh, and not publicly, and also personally condemn these scribes and Pharisees. He's going to really get into them. And it, it's, He's going to condemn them, and it's not very easy. Um, I think for Jesus, what he had to had to say to them directly. Mm. Yeah, I know some people, especially if they are considered arrogant, they don't like to be told the truth. You know, they just like to be <laughs> praised and told you're doing fine. And when you point out their mistakes, they don't like that. No, no, no. You know, sometimes when I teach the Bible, when I give my first Bible study, uh, I look at uh, we look at Second Timothy three sixteen, where it says all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and then it says and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, That's and right. then it says instruction in righteousness. And sometimes I will ask people the question, Do you like to be corrected? Mm. Uh, mm. And and then I take it further, and, and if the person's married, I would say, Well, do you like to be corrected by your spouse? Uh, <laughs> and, 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 and you know, it's a, it's a humbling process too. Yeah. What do they say usually? 
uh, I'll speak for myself. Uh, um, sometimes I'm too proud, <laughs> to yeah. be honest, and I have to be humble um, when I'm corrected. And, and yeah. it's important how we correct people as well. That's um, right. Yeah. And, and, you know, with Jesus, I think he just, it was coming to the end of his ministry of three and a half years. He, he I think he was just getting tired of how these Pharisees and scribes and Sadducees were acting. And now he just spoke to them directly and boldly. Uh, okay. Um, so, Lako, because we're running out of time, do you want to pray and um, get yep. started on today's program? Yep, let's have a prayer. Dear Father in heaven, Lord, as we open up the Bible, we pray that uh, you will speak to our hearts. And uh, Lord, instead of just looking at others, I pray that we will look at ourselves and ask ourselves, what am I like as a person, um, as a leader? Lord, I just pray that uh, we can take some nuggets from this, some gold nuggets, and um, make some applications. In your name I pray. Amen. 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 So let's open our Bibles to Matthew chapter 23, and can you please read verse 13? Sure, um, it reads, But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for you neither go in yourselves, nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For Pause you there. Pause there. Oh. I, I, I know you're going to go <laughs> further, but you know, I, I like to go verse by verse because okay. we're going to be covering five woes yeah. okay, uh, mm. today. And in, in verse 13, it says, woe to you. Uh, let me ask you a question, Tabitha. What is a woe? It's like a condemnation. It's um, telling someone of. <laughs> I like that. It, it is. It's telling someone off. Yeah. Um, it, it is an exclamation. When you look at this Greek word, woe, um, in, in the original language is oe, which actually can mean an exclamation of grief or an explanation of uh, denunciation. And, and mm. a denunciation is basically where you are telling someone off, uh, you're judging them, mm. or you're in the act of criticizing someone or somebody in public. And uh, a, a woe is uh, also, as one person said, a deep outcry of divine anger. Oh. And uh, Jesus also didn't just say woe to, the, to you, but he also called them hypocrites. Mm. And we touched on this last time, that the word hypocrite, it means someone that is an actor, someone that is pretending, says one thing but does another thing. And the Pharisees, they have deceit and formalism. And uh, it's interesting, when you look at Matthew 23, mm-hmm. eight times Jesus says to the scribes and Pharisees, woe. Mm. Um, seven times he says hypocrites two times he calls them blind guides Mm. two times he calls them fools and one time he calls them uh, serpents, brood of vipers now Tabitha, how would you feel if I called you a fool that you are a blind guide that you, woe to you, you are a hypocrite you are a serpent, how would you feel if I did that to you? I'll be very (laughs) angry even if it was true, I'll be very angry I wouldn't like that at all no, no, no. Uh, do we have time to continue on, or do we need to take a break now? I believe we should take a break, um, Yeah, if that's okay with you. Oh, uh, you're the boss. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, we should take a break now, um, and we'll go into our first song. It's called The Seeds of the Kingdom by Wendell Kimbra. Um, I hope you enjoy the song. 
Jesus scatters the seeds of his kingdom Far and wide he announces new birth I the Lord of creation am making new Every inch of the groaning The smallest of seeds in the winter Is the kingdom of God as it's sown But the powers of hell shall against it fail When the kingdom of God is grown Oh, we wait for the Lord of the harvest And we long for our King to appear Even now in our hearts By the Spirit's power The kingdom of God is near He has planned of His kingdom in the hearts of the poor and the weak. He declares to the captives, I bring good news. You shall be mighty oaks of strength. Though we wait for the Lord of the Waters pour, and behold, on the banks grows a tree of life, where the nations are healed and restored. Though we wait for the Lord of the harvest, and we long for our King to appear. Even now in our hearts By the Spirit's power The kingdom of God is near You're listening to Taz Encounters on Faith FM And um, yeah, that is coming to you from Hobart uh, Live from Hobart And today we have Rako Chilish in the... Uh, with his program, um, 3MJ. And so, Rako, before we went for a break, we were talking about uh, Jesus condemning the scribes and the Pharisees. Um, so where do we go from here? Uh, we read in Matthew 13, uh, sorry, not 13, but Matthew 23, verse 13, how Jesus said, You shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for you neither go in yourselves, nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. What do you think that means, Tabitha? 
um, it means that they. Oh, this is a hard one. <laughs> I'm just trying to think. Like you're not letting others go in. Like yeah. you are not practicing what um, you understand. Because I know the Pharisees and the scribes are were teachers of the law. They understood right. the law, but they were not practicing the law as it should be. So that means they were not. Um, yeah, like they were not getting themselves ready to go to get into the kingdom of God. But then I, I'm just thinking they were not setting the right example. Being the leaders, yep. you know, people are following what you're doing. And if you're not practicing the right thing, then you're sort of not um, providing that good example. I don't know. <laughs> well, 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 yes, they, they, they were to be the teachers of the law. Yeah. Um, but they also had their own standard as well. Yeah. A- and just try and picture this. Picture that there is a door and you want to enter in through this door, and as you enter in through this door, you are entering into salvation, the kingdom of heaven, Mm -hmm. uh, the kingdom of God. And here you have these religious leaders, they're outside of this door, and they're preventing you of getting in. Mm. They're blocking you, they're barricading you, and it's got to the point where um, when it comes to this door, to opening up to the kingdom of heaven, Mm -hmm. they actually even threw the keys away. Um, mm. And yet, everyone should have free access to the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. And what's interesting is, when you read the Gospel book of Matthew, this phrase, kingdom of heaven, it appears 31 times. Wow. Um, the kingdom of God appears five times in the book of Matthew. Mm-hmm. And in the other Gospel books, Mark, Luke, John, mm. you usually read about the kingdom of God. Mm. And when you study the scriptures, kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God, it's synonymous with one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, John the Baptist, in Matthew chapter 3, he preached and said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand or it's near. Yeah. When Jesus got baptized, then he began his ministry and then he began saying, and you read this in Matthew 4, the kingdom of heaven is near. And he also said, repent. Mm-hmm. Um, Somewhere previous, in a previous episode, I talked about um, how when Jesus Christ came Mm -hmm. the first time, he came to establish his kingdom of divine grace. Mm -hmm. And there's also the kingdom of glory. And Jesus also said to the Pharisees in Luke chapter 17, um, he he was asked the question, uh, when will the kingdom of God, you know, when would it come? And he said, the kingdom of God is within you. He already Mm. said that. Mm. And the kingdom of glory only happens at the end of the millennium when the earth will be made new. But we Mm. cannot accept the kingdom of glory if we cannot, if we do not accept the kingdom Kingdom of of his divine grace, right? So the problem here is that the scribes and the Pharisees, they are shutting up or closing up or stopping the entrance to the kingdom of heaven against men. Mm. And uh, my question is, why would you do that? I mean, uh, as a teacher of the Bible, as a pastor, preaching, Mm. I want to see people, uh, I want to see people learn about the kingdom of God. And uh, I want to see Faith FM going all throughout Tasmania and Hobart. And I know there's some plans there to, 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 to try and really get Mm. Faith FM working more and more in in the Hobart area. And yet, uh, what we see is that this world can also be seen as religion without salvation. And they, these scribes and Pharisees, they just placed heavy burdens uh, upon the people. So when it comes to this first world, it's all about you're shutting up the kingdom of heaven mm. you know, towards so others. In other words, they were making it hard um, for people to understand what the kingdom of heaven was like. 
it right. seemed like a burden rather than something that it's en- enjoyable. No, definitely, definitely. Because earlier in the chapter in Matthew 23, verse 4, and I'll read that, it says, For they bind heavy burdens, Mm -hmm. hard to bear, and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. Mm. And so they had all these other laws, man-made things and traditions, which they placed on the people. I think we need to move on to verse 14. So can you please read that for us? Sure. Um, It reads, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you devour um, widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayers. Therefore you will receive greater condemnation. What is this woe all about? You want to take a guess? Um, I think taking advantage of the people in vulnerable situations instead Ex- of... Yeah. Excellent. No, excellent. Because, you know, I actually have that in my notes, taking advantage hmm. uh, of people, and in this case of widows. But now let me ask you maybe a harder question here. It <laughs> says here that uh, you devour widows' houses. What do you think that means? Uh, wow. Let me ask another question. <laughs> do, you, do, do you think this means that the scribes and Pharisees, they take bulldozers or they take a big hammer uh, and they go to the widows' houses and they um, devour them, they destroy them and knock them down? Do you no. think that's what it means? No, I don't think that is what it means. No. Um, um, yeah, I, I don't really want to say what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm not an expert on, on this stuff. I'm still yeah. learning myself, and, and, and I read what others say, and I learn from others. Yeah. But um, as far as we understand is, is that this means that the Pharisees, they would persuade well-to-do widows mm. um, to denote, sorry, not uh, denote, uh, to, uh, I'm trying to get this right now, um, they would denote is that right? Yeah, denote their property. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, uh, they would give their money or their property to the temple. Oh, okay. And um, mm. the Pharisees then, they would use this for their personal advantage. Mm. So this is what it means. And yet, when we look at the Old Testament in the Torah or the books of Moses, mm-hmm. um, in the book of Exodus, really, widows were to be protected by mm. the law, and God expected this. And, and I'll read this, Exodus chapter 22, verses mm-hmm. 22 to 24. It says, You shall not afflict any widow or fatherless child. If you afflict them in any way, and they cry at all to me, mm-hmm. I will surely hear their cry, and my wrath will become hot. This is God saying. Yeah. And I will kill you with the sword. Your wives shall be widows, and your children fatherless. So, if you mistreated a widow, God would be really angry with this. Now, there's nothing wrong if a person wants to, uh, who's a widow, they want to give something to the Lord. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is that these Pharisees, these scribes, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, the, the thing that was wrong is that the spiritual leader would promise, well, if you do this, you'll receive some spiritual reward. Mm-hmm. And this was all manipulating, and it's emotionally manipulating. And it also mentions here uh, in Matthew 23 and verse 14, it says, For you devour widows' houses, and for a pretense you make long prayers. Mm. It's as though, oh, if you give a long prayer, it justifies everything. It's kind of like, um, you know, we can help you, we'll pray for you, Mm -hmm. and you just need to give us your property, 
And uh, the more money you give, the longer our prayers would be. And it was like, well, if you give me $50, I'll pray for you for 10 minutes. If you give me $100, I'll pray for you for 30 minutes. And if you pay me 500 bucks, I will pray for you all day long. And that and was their job, really. <laughs> Did they need to get paid to do that? <laughs> no, they, they didn't. I mean, it, it, Tabitha, if you paid me $500 to pray for you for all day, I think I would do it. <laughs> uh, 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 um, thanks for that. Extra pocket money. Um, and, and this just makes me also think of James chapter 1, verse 17, where it says, Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, yeah. to visit orphans and widows in their trouble. Um, I've been quoting from Desire of Ages, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, Desire of Ages, page 614, says this, The Pharisees had great influence with the people, and of this they took advantage to serve their own interests. That, w- mm. that would show that they're selfish. Mm. They gained the confidence of pious widows and then represented it as a jury for them to devote their property to religious purposes. Mm-hmm. Having secured control of their money, the wily schemers used it for their own benefit. Mm-hmm. To cover their dishonesty, they offered long prayers in public and made a great show of piety. And yet Jesus here, mm-hmm. in Matthew 23, verse 14, with this second woe, he says to them, mm-hmm. Therefore, you will receive greater condemnation. And uh, you're going to receive greater punishment. You're going to receive greater judgment. Mm. All right. Um, So we'll go to another break now. Uh, But before we do that... Yeah, I'm just going to give another plug for Prophetica and uh, the tickets that we're going to give away uh, a bit later in the program. So remember, we've got this uh, a short... It's less than a one-day event. It's a few-hour event, and uh, I think in each case there's going to be a light uh, meal provided as well. Prophetica.com, you can go and get information there. But uh, remember, later in the program we're going to give away 10 free tickets to Prophetica.com, and you can text in the code word that we give you, 0488880891. What's the uh, song we're going to go to, Tabitha? Okay, so our next song is called Across the Streets by Rob Smith and Nick Chiswell. And yeah, I hope you enjoy this song. From the heart of the Father Comes the desire that all of the nations be saved lips of Messiah, we have the promise, behold I am with you always, across the streets we will go, we will go, we will go, to the people who have called this place their home, across the oceans we will fly, leaving worldly gain behind, to hear the Savior's praise away, across the we will go We will go, we will go, we will go To the people 
nations we will fly Leaving worldly game behind To hear the Savior's praise awake across the globe We will go Come, lift up your eyes The harvest fields are shining, shining The time has come, let us arise For heaven's judge is soon returning The time has come, lift up your eyes The harvest fields are shining, shining The time has come, let us arise For heaven's judge is soon returning We will go This place their home Across the oceans we will fly Leaving worldly gain behind To hear the Savior's praise awake Across the globe You're listening to Tazi Encounters on Faith FM um, And today we are talking to Rako Chilich With this series 3MJ And today's topic is um, about false rape was to false religious leaders. Um, I just want to pose a question to our listeners uh, just before we get back to the program. How do you know someone is a false spiritual leader? How do you know someone is a false spiritual leader? As text us in your answers to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. We'd like to hear what you think. Um, so Rako. What what else do you do you have for us today? We've just looked at the first two woes. The first one is shutting up the kingdom of heaven to others. Uh, the second woe was taking advantage of uh, people. In this case, it was widows. And let's go to verse fifteen. Can you please read that for us? Sure. Um, it reads, "War to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you travel land and sea to win one proselyte." Um, I hope I got that right. Yep. And when he's won, you make him twice as much a son of hell as you, yourselves. I'm going to ask you a question. You want to try and guess what question I'm going to ask you? <laughs> oh, you just bring it on. <laughs> okay, bring it on. Okay. The question is, uh, what is a proselyte? I do not know the answer. Sorry. <laughs> uh, a, a proselyte is a person that is a Gentile and converts to Judaism. Oh, right. And we can say in a similar way, it's where a person is out there who doesn't know God. We usually say he's out in the world, and then he or she, and then they convert to Christianity. And mm. when you become a Christian, uh, there are things that, uh, how can I put this very nicely? There are things that need to be changed. Um, lifestyle and habits will change. And the reason they change is because you love God. Yeah, that's and right. And when it came to these scribes and Pharisees, it was not so much of uh, having this conversion from sin to righteousness. That was 
that was part of it, I guess so. But it was also more uh, converting from outer badness to inner goodness. And it was very much on a works-based theology. And they had their own hypocritical system of law keeping. Mm -hmm. And when I've read the Seventh-day Adventist Bible commentary, it talks about steps, how a person who was a proselyte became a convert to Judaism. Mm -hmm. First, they would be fully instructed or they would be taught. And this is no different today when you would become a Christian. Jesus said, go ye therefore and teach all nations in Matthew 28. Mm. Uh, and then number two, they would be baptized. Yeah. But also they would, uh, because they were not the men who were not circumcised, they would have to get circumcised because remember Abraham. Mm-hmm. Um, he is seen as the father of the Jewish nation. Yeah. And uh, uh, circumcision was a sign of accepting the Abrahamic covenant. Mm. But also your name would be changed. Um because uh, you have these uh, Gentiles, they would have names, and it was quite common to to give your children names related to Greek gods. Mm. And so now your name would change. And in the Bible, uh, a change of name is a change of character. Mm-hmm. And I've also heard that in countries like India, where people grew up with a Hindu background, they would have names related to the Hindu gods, and then when they would become Christians, they would change their name mm-hmm. uh, to a biblical name. And it was also required to offer sacrifices at the temple in Jerusalem. But I want us to just look at this verse again. Yeah. It says in Matthew 23, verse 15, can you read that again for us, please? It reads, um, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you travel land and sea to win one proselyte, and when he's one, you make him twice as much of a son of hell as yourselves. There's something here which I admire. It, it says that they travel where? Land and sea. To win how many? One proselyte. Wow. So let me ask you a question, Tabitha. Mm. I'm mm-hmm. putting you on the spot. I'm asking you many hard questions today. <laughs> you are. Um, okay. I love you. God loves you. All good. Okay. <laughs> so would you travel land mm-hmm. and sea to win one person for Christ? I believe that the, you know, from the story of the shepherd with 100 sheep. Yep. The. A shepherd left 99 to go and take one lost sheep. Right. But I don't, if putting myself in that situation, I am not really sure. Yeah, I I think you answered really well, okay? Because I I question myself. You can see that they're really good missionaries, right? They're traveling to just win one person, one convert. Mm -hmm. And uh, how many of us would travel land and sea? How many of us would just travel within Tasmania to win one person? It's How many hard. of us would travel just within our, uh, our certain place where we're living, let's say in Burnie hmm. or in Olveston or in Devonport? How many of us actually even would be happy to just travel across the road to win our neighbors for Christ? It's really hard. Like it's easier said than practically done. I know. This whole woe is all about false witnessing, by the way, Mm -hmm. because when the person becomes a convert, they become twice as much, it says here, a son or an offspring or a descendant of hell. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. And this word for hell in the Greek is Gehenna, which means a place of burning. Mm. Um, Gehenna was uh, on the outskirts of Jerusalem. It was where the rubbish tip was. It's known as Gehenna, uh, a place of burning. Uh, and when you would take things there, they would eventually burn up. And also we know that at the end of the millennium, there's going to be a lake of fire. It's going to be a place of burning. It doesn't burn forever and ever and ever. And that's a whole nother Bible study on its own. Mm. But the point is this. That sometimes as a way of application, um, there could be a pastor or a Bible teacher teaching someone the Bible, Mm -hmm. and they're all teaching them about the do's and the don'ts. And and I'm not not trying to downplay these things, um, but sometimes people can be more fixated on that and talk about the do's and the don'ts, but what about the love of God, the grace of God? Mm. And and, and those things are important. See, the scribes and Pharisees, Mm -hmm. they uh, make the convert worse. Uh, the most converted became the most perverted, and the proselyte out-Phariseed the Pharisee. And, and so, maybe... What's the uh, point? What's the, <laughs> the point? <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess the point is that this is all about false witnessing. Mm, that's and right. and, and um, my desire and hope is that when there's a convert to Christianity, that mm-hmm. that person... Is, is better than me. But mm. the thing is, it's not about comparing uh, me because I'm just a sinful human being. We need to be comparing ourselves with God. Yeah. A- and that I hope that we are like Christ. And um, uh, I think of a song which is called Like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it's a hymn. Mm. And it says, it goes like this. So I'm going to sing a little bit because this song has really impacted me. Mm. Um, and I learned this with prayer meeting at Olverston Church. It says, Teach me, Father, what to say. Teach me, Father, how to pray. Teach me all along the way how to be like Jesus. I would be like Jesus. I would be like Jesus. Help me, Lord, to daily grow more and more like Jesus. See, we want to have converts that are more like Christ. They want to have the character of Christ, not to be a son of hell, you know. Mm. And so, um, let, let's move on. We need to go to Matthew chapter 23 and verse 16. Can you please read that for us? Uh, I must say you have a beautiful voice, Rako. You uh, should yeah. sing more, probably produce a <laughs> song or something. <laughs> uh, I get nervous when I have to sing. It's easier for me to talk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so verse 16 says, What to you blind guides who say, Whoever swears by the temple, it is nothing, but whoever swears by the gold of the temple, he is obliged to perform it. Here we see that Jesus is calling them blind guides. Uh, they, They are supposed to guide, but they're called blind guides. And I would love to go to Romans chapter 2, but we don't have time. And in Romans chapter 2, verse 17 to 24, Paul there is basically saying to the Jews, uh, you think that you are a guide, um, that you are guiding those who are in darkness. And the Jews were supposed to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're boasting about all these things you're doing. But then he says to them, you know, all of this is blasphemy. It's disrespectful to God in God's name. And uh, they were blind guides. And it makes me think of how in the book of Revelation, there are seven churches. And 
These seven churches represent seven different time periods of Earth's history, from the first coming until the second coming of Jesus Christ. And we are now known uh, to be living in that time period of what is known as the Church of Laodicea. Mm. Um, Laodicea does not mean lukewarm. That's what people will say. That's a description mm. of the church. That's my understanding of the church as well. Neither yeah, cold but, uh, or hot. That's right, but mm. it, that's that's not what the, uh, that's not what Laodicea means. Uh, Laodicea means judging of the people or people judged, and and when we study the scriptures and we don't have time to get into this, especially when we go to Daniel eight verse fourteen and Daniel nine, and we see it that we are living in a time of judgment at this moment, mm-hmm. and we ought to not be afraid of that because in Daniel seven verse twenty two, judgment is made in favor of the saints. But there is this counsel given there in mm-hmm. for the Church of Laodicea where God counsels you and counsels us, all of us, um, a few things. But one of the things he says in Revelation 3, verse 18, anoint your eyes with eye salve mm-hmm. that you may see. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, sometimes we might be very blind and we're not seeing things and we want God to anoint us with eye salve. This was like a, a back then an understanding where it was some type of eye powder which will help you with your eyes. Mm. And so uh, the Holy Spirit, we want to pray that He will open up our eyes and that we will be guided by His Spirit. Mm. I, I see that we've come to the end of this segment and we need to take a break. That's right. Um, so before we go for a break, I just want to... Before we go for a break, I just want to say that usually sometimes, um, I mean, there's times when you feel like you're not sure if you're doing the right thing or like what you should do. And mm. I really find that praying, like you pray with um, faith, praying right. really helps. And then you just wait. I, For me, what works for me, I pray and then I just wait to feel some form of conviction before I do something. You know, there's some important decisions that it takes time, like, and you need God's guidance to make such decisions. Um, we, before we go for a break, we just want to mention about uh, today's offer. Yeah, so um, maybe you can pray about this one. But we we pray that you text in to uh, our number, our show number zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Prophetica 21. Now, Prophetica, you might be scared as to how to spell that. Well, Prophet, P-R-O-P-H-E-T, that's the first part of it, Prophet, and I-C-A on the end. Prophetica is Prophet with I-C-A and the number 21. No spaces. Text that into 0488-880-891. The first 10 people to text in, we will get in touch with you and uh, work out which event you'd like to attend and you can score yourself a free ticket to Prophetica 2021. I'm tempted to text in and get that free ticket. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, before we go for the next song, I just want to remind our listeners that today's question, which is how do you know if someone is a false spiritual, spiritual reader, please text us your responses to zero four double eight And our next song is um, How Marvelous by Daniel Rainstorm. Jesus the Nazarene and wonder how he could love me a sinner condemned unclean 
You're listening to Taz, you're listening to Taz Encounters on Faith FM with Rako series of 3MJ and today we are talking about wars to false leaders. Um so Rako uh where do we go from here? We're going to read Matthew 23 verse 16 to 22 and uh can you please read that for us? Yes. Um so it reads woe to you blind guides who say Whoever swears by the temple, it is nothing, but whoever swears by the gold of the temple, he is obliged to perform it, false and blind. For which is greater, the gold, the gold or the temple that sanctifies the gold? And whoever swears by the altar, it is nothing, but whoever swears by the gift that is on it, he is obliged to perform it, false, false and blind. For which is greater, the gift or the altar that sanctifies the gift? Therefore, he who swears by the altar swears by it and by all things on it. 
He who swears by the temple swears by it and by him who dwells in it. And he who swears by heaven swears by the throne of God and by him who sits on it. Thanks for reading that. I'm sure sometimes we need to read that over and over again and slowly to understand it all. But here we see that this woe is all about empty oaths and or empty promises. And um, earlier on in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus said how in, from verse 33 to 37, and the listener can look this up in their own time, but there Jesus said, well, you're making all these oaths, but don't make any oaths. Let your yes be yes and your no, no. And the problem is that when he came to these Pharisees, they actually believed that uh, the more holy you are can be determined by how many oaths you make. It doesn't matter if you keep the oaths, just make them and say them. And uh, these can be empty oaths and promises. It's like an addict. An addict can say, I'm going to stop, but there's no intentions of stopping. Um, in whatever they're addicted to. And so oaths were terribly misused. The Pharisees believed that if I uh, made an oath in God's name, you had to keep it. And if you made an oath not in God's name, you don't really have to keep it at all. And Jesus' point is, then what's the point of making an oath if you have no intentions of making it or keeping it in any way? Mm. So the Pharisees, they had this system of swearing, a system of oath-making that uh, gives them uh, excuse to sometimes not fulfill their oaths. And this was really, (laughs) we don't have time to really look at this, but this is a complicated web of deception. And just he, Jesus uses two illustrations here. He talks about the temple and the gold. And the gold here can be translated as gold coin, but he also talks about the altar and also the sacrifice. He uses two illustrations. And just with the first one, uh, pointing out as an example, you, the, to, to make an oath by the temple, it means nothing. But to vow to the gold, well, it counts. And yet the gold is something that is, or the gold coin is brought from the outside into the temple, and yet the temple is dedicated to God. Mm -hmm. And the temple was all about salvation. I'm going to move on, Mm -hmm. and can you please read verses 23 and 24? Sure. Um, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. This you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. Blind guides who strain out of a nut and swallow a camel. Okay. Um, this world is all about how, yes, it, it's, you know, God, Jesus still endorses here on tithe giving, but... You, you, you've liked the more important things, and that is justice and mercy and faith. Okay, these things, um, these things are important. And here he also talks about how, in verse twenty-four, you strain out the gnat and swallow a camel. Do you know what a gnat is? Um. Not really. (laughs) Uh, I'm sure most people don't know really what a gnat is. Um, A gnat is like a fly. It's an insect. Mm -hmm. And sometimes what happens is people have a jar of water and then maybe a fly kind of gets in there and maybe drowns and dies. And so the the Jews would sometimes put a filter over their jar mm-hmm. or over their cup. And just try and picture this. The best way I can illustrate this is, let's say you take a woman's stocking, and mm-hmm. so you filter the water through and you don't consume the insect because the insect would be unclean. Yeah. 
but yet they're swallowing or they're devouring camels, and a camel what would be an unclean um, animal. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 big thing here is mm-hmm. is that when it came to the um, Jews, they were really extreme in certain points, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yet they majored in minors, but mm-hmm. minored in ma- uh, majors. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, uh, they would have all these strict rules, even what to do on the Sabbath, mm-hmm. but yet when it came to loving their fellow man and loving their neighbor, hmm, they were challenged with that. Mm-hmm. So in summary, we see that um, the first woe was they shut up the kingdom of heaven to others. The second woe was they take advantage of people. Mm-hmm. The third woe is false soul winning. Mm-hmm. The fourth woe is empty oaths and promises. And the fifth woe is a lack of justice, mercy, faith and emphasized in mm. minors mm. And, and I guess the, the, ta- the big takeaway well there's a lot but all I want to encourage is that we want to be like Jesus mm-hmm. a- and you know how do, are we able well, to know if someone's a, uh, a false spiritual leader well it's mm-hmm. not always easy by their fruits you'll know them you know? Yeah. that's one of the tests yeah mm. Okay, so Reiko, um, yeah, that is a very beautiful message you've shared today. So what is the cross or appeal that you'd like to make from your message today? Um, the cross or the, <laughs> the appeal is um, let us think like Christ, let us act like Christ, mm-hmm. uh, let us be like Christ, let us have the faith of Jesus. Um, God's people at the end of time, mm-hmm. uh, in Revelation 14, verse 12, it says, here is the patience of the saints. And, you know, that word patience, mm-hmm. uh, it's hupomone in the Greek, which means not just patience and endurance, but it means cheerful and hopeful endurance. And they also keep God's commandments, but they have the faith of Jesus. They want to be like Christ. So if we want to be a leader, a great leader, let's mm-hmm. look at Jesus and not look at people. That's right. Um, and, Rako, what do you have for next week? What do you have for us? Well, we're going to be looking at part two um, of these woes to the religious leaders. All right, right. And I believe the greatest um, aspects are love, mercy, and faith, showing love to other people. Right, right. Thank you. Now, one last uh, message about prophetica. That's spelled prophet. Prophet, P-R-O-P-H-E-T-I-C-A, and the number 21 is our code word for today to get the free tickets to Prophetica. The first 10 messages in will give away the free tickets to Prophetica, and uh, that's going to be happening in on starting on the 31st of July and down in Hobart on the 7th and 8th of August. Now, we've got tomorrow. Who's in the studio tomorrow, Tabitha? Uh, tomorrow we have Peter Watts with his series Searching for Certainty. And tomorrow uh, Peter will be talking about One Life Changed the World. I'm looking forward to that. I, I am. I'll be uh, doing that program tomorrow. And uh, I think you'll hear Tabitha again on Friday. That's right. And thank you for listeners. Thank you to, for joining us today. And I hope you've been blessed by uh, Rako's message. I hope you enjoyed the rest of your day. Um, thank have, you. Yeah, have a good day. Thank you, Rako.